BART maintenance crews work hard every day to get broken down cars that are part of BART's aging fleet back into action. But there's one problem those workers face on a regular basis that BART riders can play a big role in preventing. Welcome to Hidden Tracks, stories from BART. Every week, dozens of BART cars are taken out of service because of problems with their doors. All it can take to knock an entire train out of service is someone forcing a door open so they can get into a crowded car. On this episode of Hidden Tracks, we'll hear from Harold Engel, the superintendent of BART's Concord Shop. Engel says when it comes to train car doors, a little more awareness from BART riders could have a major impact on the number of cars that are available for service. And I'm now speaking with Harold Engel, the superintendent here at the Concord Shop. And this is a shop that's always busy. You guys are working constantly to get these train cars back into action. And that's something that we're always very interested in. But it seems like one of the real focal points for you guys is dealing with issues that come up with malfunctioning train car doors. And, it, you know, for a typical rider, I think it doesn't really occur to them that this is a significant issue. But for you guys, it really is. Uh, yes, and the, the, the point that in this conversation, it's not only failures that we find that are mechanical issues, but are a big uh, point of the effort that we put on patron-induced failures, that they are not aware of the amount of impact that they're actually causing it. Uh, one of the biggest uh, complaints that we have from our patrons is overcrowded cars, and not realizing the impact of uh, holding a door open to be able to get in actually affects that availability of cars. Uh, anytime that we have uh, a door failure, it has to be treated very seriously since it's a very safety sensitive aspect of the rail car. So regardless of what caused the failure, there's a whole maintenance process that we have to follow to ensure the safety and uh, reliability uh, of those doors. So someone holding a door open can, in a, can and it's not malicious, Though some of the problems are obviously malicious, but uh, a patron trying to get through and having a, going to the airport and having his bag caught in the doors because the doors were closing, so they pull it, that might misalign a seal, which all of a sudden then makes the no doors uh, closed indication, so the operator can't move the train without having all the doors closed. If we can identify it to a specific door leaf, it's that much less of a maintenance burden because we can address a specific door. But oftentimes the failure repairs itself in a sense when the operator cycles the doors. They open them up, the patron removes the, whatever the obstruction was, and the door gets uh, all closed, but yet it has already caused a delay or it has already caused a failure on the car, which then we have to address. If the door is not identified or the specific car is not identified, then we have to check all the doors on every car within a consist. So if you're talking about a 10-car consist, that's about eight door leaves per car. That's 80 door leaves that we have to check. That takes uh, a maintenance burden. That takes my resources away as manpower, uh, which could be looking at fixing other cars, which causes this horrible cycle because now I have less cars available for service which means more crowded cars, which means the chances of a door failure happening are more likely because I have more patrons trying to get in. Yeah, it is that vicious cycle, and it doesn't take a lot. And it's incredible, I think, for some people to realize that it could be something simple like trying to get onto a crowded train, your backpack gets caught in the middle of a door. That could be enough to knock the entire train out of service. 
That, that's correct, because that, the, the train operator can't move the train. Uh, the other uh, aspect that comes in is realizing that as if that car, that train is not moving off the platform and going to the next station, there's a domino effect, uh, which causes a delay to the next track. That gets compounded because people keep on coming into the platform. So now you have an overcrowded platform, so the cars will fill that much quicker because the whole point is trying to move the cars at a certain rate to make sure that the, uh, the platforms, because uh, the platforms have a limit of amount of people that can be there as well. Uh, so you have a fully crowded train and it is now delayed because I had to take the car out of service. Because there's times where I have to actually offload the car because we haven't identified the, the specific failure. So I might have to offload the car, uh, take that car out of service. We have a really good uh, mainline uh, technicians that try to mitigate those possibilities of an offload by you know, going in, cutting out doors, trying to identify the problem so that train can remain in service with cut out doors. But there can be times where we're not sure exactly what the failure is, we're not exactly sure what the car is, and we want to make sure of the safety of the patrons, so a lot of times it can lead to a delay on offload, which again, that vicious cycle is now I got less cars, I got more people, and my resources are not being taken up by these cars that could be putting more cars into service. Yeah, and that cycle continues at our shops, especially here in the Concord Yard, because once it comes in, it takes time to repair. It takes time to diagnose the problem, to make that repair. Those are man hours or, or work hours that could be used responding to other issues with, with trains. It seems like it could really occupy resources. Oh, absolutely. Uh, also, the, the, the thing that shows up is during our PM program, we see obvious abuses to the doors, which have to be addressed, which again could be, we say a door guide. People, uh, it's um, a piece of equipment that basically uh, guides the door within the pocket. A misalignment of that can manifest itself as a door not closing. It can be a jam door. It can be off track. All sorts of different failures that can happen on the car that were that didn't take the car out of service but in our maintenance program when it comes in through our PM cycle we're looking for those things to make sure that it'll go through the next PM cycle so that we can't not address them they have to be addressed so again that takes resources uh, I was talking to my QTL my quality uh, team leader for one RPM and asked him about the time that he spends on some of those doors and some of these doors on a specific on let's say on a A2B2 car could take up to four hours to, or up to a full shift depending on what they need to do because people need to realize it's two pockets on a door, seals have to be aligned, the height of the door has to be correct so it moves up and down the track. So there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that have to mesh together correctly to, to run that. And kicking a door or, or getting a, a seal off of it seems like a small, uh, small piece, oh, you can just realign the seal and you're good to go. But there's a routine that we have to go through, which is we have to check uh, a lot of, uh, we have a lot of specs that we've got to make sure are, are into play to make sure that there's been no added damage. Because we see the symptom, we've got to really go down to see if there's any other thing that might compromise that door. Because obviously this is a safety issue. I mean, you have to be really careful and make sure that the door is fully functional. Absolutely. I mean, it, any any door issue is, is, is addressed specifically for that. I mean, that's that's an opening on, on the car. You want to make sure that it opens correctly, that it opens at the right place, and that includes all the timing of the doors, all the indications. It, it is very time-consuming, but, but I think what I wanted to really get out was 
that the impact that the, our patrons have on this vicious cycle. If people were more educated as to what they can do, and it can also be simple things. Our patrons are very well trained as well. In other words, what I mean by that is if they see a door failure, they understand that that train can't move. So a lot of times they put their own maintenance efforts. Uh, such as they are. <laughs> such as they are, and them not being versed at the things, all they know is that if I get these doors slammed closed, I'll get, the train will move. So I've seen very interesting maintenance interventions by our patrons that, again, that door had a failure. It has been logged as a failure. I'm going to have to address it, but our patron was kind enough to hide it from me because now I don't know which actual pocket or which actual door leaf caused the failure because the train operator was all able to get on all doors closed. So basically all I have is a report that there was a door failure on a 10 car consist. That's 80 door leaves that I might have to check. Uh, the car might not be taken out of service, but we're saying we had this door failure. It was a while before it got moved. Uh, we couldn't identify the door pockets, so we're out. I'm speaking with Harold Engel as a superintendent of the Concord Shops, and I think it's important to focus on these doors because a lot of the issues that you deal with here, your maintenance team deals with here, they're unavoidable, and they really don't involve anything that one of our patrons is doing. But with the doors, there really is a role for BART riders to play to try and prevent these problems from happening in the first place. Yeah, what, they, what our patrons need to realize is their, their role both in identifying a door for us in other words, if I have a door failure and they can report the car number and the door leaf number, and they're well numbered just for that, uh, that helps us just as far as on the reporting side. The other item is when the doors are closing, the operator has looked to see that people are clear and he's hitting the button to close the doors. Trying to get that extra person in means that he's going to have to cycle the doors again. Uh, as soon as a door opens, more people try to get in and that kind of uh, exacerbates the, the possibility of having more door failures. And if I have the door failure, that train is not going to go anywhere, and you basically hurt yourself. The other part was that you know, people kicking the doors or, or in, you know, trying to do their own maintenance, I think the best thing is to notify the train operator you have a door that's stuck, what the car number is, and hopefully uh, either the, the train operator or a mainline tech can be dispatched to address that specific door because otherwise you're hiding that door failure from us. Uh, we still have to address it because there was an issue, but then that's another more cars, there's more cars that won't be available, which ends up manifesting itself as an overcrowded train, which again, it, you know, increases the possibility of getting more door failures. Right back to that vicious cycle. And this is not an uncommon thing. We were just looking at the maintenance report for the last week, and I believe the number was 39 cars had door issues all throughout the BART system. That That is not an insignificant number. We're talking about dozens of cars that are being taken out of service for door problems. That, that's correct. And all you saw was basically was the, the mainline incidents that happened. Those are problems that happen on mainline. That doesn't really count on the ones that are found during our uh, preventative maintenance aspect, which were, which were in a sense patron-induced, where we see signs of the door being kicked off track or seals that are, that are compromised because of the amount of abuse that they've been getting.
And it, we kind of envision folks like trying to get onto that crowded car at the last minute, trying to force their way in and pushing themselves through the door as being the culprit. And certainly that happens a lot. But there are other circumstances. I mean, there are all sorts of ways that people can, can cause problems for the doors. Yes, by looking at a lot of the videos that we've had for the passenger videos to see what uh, to identify. Because uh, we're, we're working really hard to basically classify delays. I think the number is about maybe 30 to 40 percent of, of uh, incidents, in a sense, don't get classified. What I mean by that is I can't get a root cause saying this is what it is, uh, and this is what we're doing to repair this. If it's an unknown, how can you make it better? And when we're looking at the videos, we've noted that there's some, I would say, malicious, some I would say unintentional. It's a matter of educating, the, I think, the public. There was one incident that, that, that caused a, a delay. There's an emergency door handle, and I think most people that have ridden BART have seen that little cover that says, you know, to open to, to you know, for, for evacuating the train. Uh, I saw a video of a person that put his bi bicycle in the, on the rack, which you're supposed to do, but he found that that little spot was perfect place for his uh, handlebars so he wouldn't have to strap or hold on to the bike. What he didn't realize is that that actually activated the emergency release of the, the, the car enough to set up a fault indication, but not enough to you know open the door, but just enough to cause to you know manifest as a door failure. Again, that was a hidden one, so if that's an indication that something went wrong. wasn't identified as a specific door. We were able to troubleshoot it, found it. And then when we reviewed the tape, we were able to see it. But that's not at a cost either. The amount of time that it takes to review these tapes, to view it, to try to identify this is also resources that I lose that could otherwise be used for uh, repairing other known issues on cars. Yeah, I think that's interesting for our riders too because as everybody knows, we now have working security cameras on all of our train cars. And it's primarily a public safety tool. It's utilized by the police department for their investigations, but it also serves another purpose. In this case, you can actually go to that same surveillance system, get video that shows you how someone may have propped a door open. Uh, true. But, uh, but not without a cost, because at the cost of, you know, it, it, it takes a, me to send out a technician to download the video and then it takes someone to actually review the video. Uh, if I have a specific timestamp of when it happened, but again, that goes back to what I was saying before, that we have very well-trained patrons that a lot of times will make their own maintenance uh, on the doors just to get the train moving. So when I get the actual report, I don't necessarily have an, an accurate timestamp of when the failure happened or even the, the correct station of where it happened. A lot of times we see what we see as obvious uh, patron-induced, uh, but uh, we've been looking at it further just to be in a sense classified. But for me, the effort that, that is involved in this video, though it's an important tool, it's something that we have been using to classify these, but like I said, it doesn't go without a cost. I, you know, a lot of times, that technician that's, that, that's retrieving that video, I could be using them to fix the other car. The police department downloads the videos for, you know, for the surveillance, for that, that type of thing. But having to download all these videos just to see you know, uh, a dance crew that's playing on our stanchions and banging up onto the doors just to say that it was patron-induced failure so I can classify it, it's not without a cost.
I'm speaking with Harold Engel, who's the superintendent of the Concord Yard. BART has the oldest fleet in the country. Uh, everybody knows this. That's why we're so anxious for the fleet of the future. But does that age make the doors even more vulnerable? In other words, I'm imagining a lot of times it doesn't take a lot to create a problem. I think that's not necessarily uh, in relation to the age of the car. Any transit organization in the country deals with door issues. That, that's, you know, it's usually doors, brakes, and propulsion, which are our biggest hits, and, and, and that's the nature of the transit organization. The, our aging fleet, even though we have an aging fleet, we've actually surpassed our reliability numbers. So that says a lot for our maintenance efforts, that we have an aging fleet, yet the trends have been going up uh, as far as our, our mean, mean hours between delays and the mean hours between actual mainline failures. But we could be looking at the fleet of the future, we could always looking at continuous improvement, and we're always battling for resources. So I don't think it's necessarily a, uh, a function of, of the aging fleet. The item is that because of its an aging fleet, there's sometimes a materials burden that aspect of it. Some of the parts that, the older there are, we, you know, there's new, newer doors, newer parts. So there's, um, a lot of times it's, it's trying to get parts for a system that is pretty old. Sure. So it's not, it's, it's not an easy off-the-shelf thing that you can grab. So I, I would say that's where some of the age might affect the cars. But it's, it's doors moving on a track that are very um, vulnerable to blunt force, <laughs> to, you know, to, to blunt force trauma. And um, from what we see, it's a lot of times the, you know, the doors as far as getting knocked off track. It doesn't happen from a door sliding in, in one plane. It means it's been kicked out. So, and a lot of times that's what we have to deal with is trying to put those and the amount of maintenance that it takes to, to put those back to right and then also making sure that everything's up to specs is, is a considerable resource. Uh, and we can close on this as someone is listening to this conversation, a BART passenger is wondering, well, how can I be helpful? I mean, a lot of it is, of course, common sense. Don't bang on the doors. Don't shove them open in a crowded train scenario. But, but what else can a rider be aware of? How can they make it easier for us to avoid more problems with our doors? Uh, it, it goes, it seems like you said common sense, but uh, there, there's a door announcement. The doors are closing. Please stand clear of the doors. That's exactly what, what needs, to, needs to happen. And I know the, the uh, human nature is the, the light turns yellow, I'm going to hit the, the, you know, the accelerator to try to get through that, that intersection. But we all know that that yellow is clear that intersection. So obviously it's to give a warning for the person that's going through that threshold to make it in, not for everybody in the platform to try to rush in. So listening to those door announcements and uh, the RTOs, look to see a point where they can clear it. Uh, the other thing is, if you do see a door failure, you know, I would try to ask not to do your own maintenance intervention. But if you do, please notify the TO which door was affected and the car number. So we don't have to, so it's identified to a specific door pocket. So I don't have to look at 10 cars, 80 doors. I'm looking at one car and possibly two door leaves. Sure, because I mean, timing matters and resources are scarce, especially in a shop like this. Every time I've been here, you guys are fully loaded. It's not like you get a break from these things. I mean, every minute, every hour really counts. Yes, uh, and, and the impact is, like I said, people saying I, I have a crowded train and the availability is you have a role 
a, a, you know, it, you can have a constructive role within that availability, which is if you make it easier for our maintenance uh, program by adhering to the, to, to the door announcements, by not kicking a door, by not trying to jam a door, by reporting what you have, uh, that makes my life easier as far as being able to give as many cars as I can to the public. We want them safe, we want them reliable, we want them clean. Uh, like I said, that doesn't come at, at without a cost, and that's our base. So when you add more of these patron-induced failures, it just takes away from our, our, our base. We're three, you know, 365, seven-day-a-week operation. Like you said, we're, we're always busy, and it, be it a hot car, be it a door failure, be it a propulsion failure, uh, we ad address them. But a lot of times when we have to address it, it's some are obvious patron-induced, which then gives it another whole meaning, but it's nothing that I can ignore. It still comes with, a, with, with maintenance burden. It's not a mechanical failure. It was something that was induced. If we can minimize the amount of failures that are induced, that means I have more resources to put more cars out for the, for the public. Harold Engel, Superintendent of Concord Yard, thank you so much for your time with us. Well, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity to try to what help help me to help you. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's all about. If, if the patrons can help you, you can help them with more cars, and it's a good deal for everybody. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and, of course, at our website, bart.gov slash podcasts.